Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. At this time of the year, every year, we hear in church about the second coming of Jesus Christ. He came first as a baby, the Savior of the world, and, he will be, and we will be celebrating that in a month. And then throughout the year, we'll hear about just who this Jesus is and what he has done for us and why it is, is so important for us to put our trust in him as our only Savior. Now we are at the end of the church year, and we hear that Jesus will return as judge with great power and glory, and he will gather his elect, his children, from the four corners of the earth and take us to be with him forever in a new heaven and new earth. Jesus Christ has died on the cross and forgiven us all our sins. He has given us new life through baptism and has brought us into his family. He forgives us our sins as we partake of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him. He has given us his word that daily reminds us of all he has done for us and will continue to do for us. And his word guides us through the rest of this life on earth. Jesus makes it very clear that no one knows when he will come again. No one can know when he will come again. But he is coming. Everything the Bible has ever promised about Jesus Christ has indeed come to pass just as it said it would. Jesus said he would suffer and die and in three days be raised from the dead. And that happened just as he said. Jesus prophesied that the temple would be destroyed in the verses just before the ones you heard today. And 40 years later, the temple was destroyed. Jesus said he was coming again, so we know that he is going to come. We just don't know when. The question for us today is how shall we then live? Mark 13, verse 34 to 37 it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned tasks, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Those are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you five thoughts on living watchful and ready lives. Asking yourself these questions will help to keep you spiritually awake and alert as your life, as you live out your life and your days on this earth. I want you to think about these things personally. I want you to talk about them with your family and in your groups, if you're in a Bible study group or whatever. It's that time of the year when the Church of Jesus Christ talks about his return. Number one, do you really believe that Jesus will return? Do you really believe that? Or is that something you just say, well, I, I don't know. Do you really believe the words of Jesus? Everything else he said has come to pass, just like he said. We want you to trust him on this as well. Faith is believing God until you get to see God face 
to faith. Then our faith will turn to sight. Number two, are you overly concerned with the details of his return? Some people are. There was a time back in the 70s, 60s and 70s, it was called the Jesus Movement. I was part of the tail end of that. And it was an amazing time in my life as a teenager. I was studying the Bible weekly with a group of Christian friends. And we'd go sing at nursing homes and in churches once a month. Every weekend we'd study the Bible. Unbeknown to me, because we didn't have mass media back then, there was this spiritual awakening that was happening elsewhere as well. A whole generation just seemed to get caught up and captured with the love of Jesus. And in great numbers, hippies and drug addicts and people who were sexually wayward and people who were into the devil and, and all kinds of weird stuff, they were meeting Jesus and coming to believe in him. And a huge number of people became Christians. But what happened with the so-called Jesus movement is I believe it got off track a little bit and off course. People started to get really fascinated with the rapture and the end times and the second coming and all of these hidden things. And all of a sudden, yes, there was a love for Jesus, but there was more of a fascination around dates and times and events and circumstances concerning the end. And leaders rose up and conferences were held and people were making predictions about when Jesus will return and signs accompanying his coming. Books were being written, very popular, very influential. And they're taking the Bible and they're taking the nightly news and they're combining them together. A whole bunch of new Christians and young people, they go, the end of the world is near. Jesus is coming back at any time. And it led to a short-sightedness. Some people didn't get married, and they should have. Or some people didn't have children, and they should have. Or some people didn't buy a home, because why buy a home if you're not going to be here? You're going to just go up and be with Jesus. But they should have. Some churches didn't buy a building to meet in, or they didn't make long-range plans, or they weren't thinking generationally about passing on the faith to their children. Everything was sort of a crisis, sense of immediate urgency. Some key leaders started predicting the end of the world and sending their young followers into a frenzy, and none of that was very helpful. So are you overly interested, concerned, consumed with the details of Jesus' return? Are you reading too many books about the end of the world and neglecting the needs of the world? Are you trying to predict things when Jesus says clearly, no one knows the hour nor the day? Are you overly concerned? Some don't believe in the second coming of Jesus. That's not far enough. Some are overly concerned and obsessed with the details and have very strong opinions about things that have not yet happened. That's going too far. Number three, if Jesus returned today, What might you regret not having done? Are there issues in your life that you need to deal with? Are there sins that you need to confess? Are there dollars you need to give? Are there talents you need to use? Are there volunteer hours you need to make available? Or whatever it is, I don't know what it is for you, but it is something to think about.
if you do believe that Jesus is going to return. You may be laboring under this false sense of, well, there's plenty of time. We don't know when we're going to die or when Jesus will return. That shouldn't cause us to be panicked and have a sense of crisis, but it should encourage in us a sense of urgency. I know Christians and churches and denominations that operate as if we have forever, and we may and we may not. But if Jesus returned, if there's something that the Holy Spirit is already convicted us to do, we should be doing that because we don't know how long we have. Number four, if Jesus returned today, who might you regret not having spoken to about him? Family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, right? It's the time of the Gentiles. That's what time it is now. It's, it's the time to tell the whole world and everybody about Jesus. And we are living in the age of the church, the age of evangelism. And as far as I know, that has not come to an end yet. Who have you not talked to? Who this week do you need to send a letter, send an email, send a text, make a call, schedule a time with, go knock on the door and sit up and talk to them. Say maybe, hey, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. Who do you need to be reconciled with? I've not really talked to you about Jesus. I, I really need to do that. I've been meaning to give you this copy of the Bible for a long time or here as portals of prayer. Maybe start in one of the Gospels and go from there. That's a good place to start. I've been meaning to invite you to church and I haven't done that, so let me do that now. And number five, how can you plan for future generations while being ready to meet Jesus any day? And this is the tension we live in, isn't it? I mean, I'm a dad, I'm a grandpa. I need to think about my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids. I need to be thinking about the legacy and lineage. What if it's another thousand years or 2,000 years or 10,000 years until Jesus returns? I need to be thinking about my family and my legacy, just like Abraham did, passing on the faith. This means helping my kids love Jesus and be ready to serve him as faithful adults and helping my grandkids to be part of that. Being a faithful and loving father and grandfather, setting a good example for future generations to follow in hopes that the faith is passed on from generation to generation. I want to be part of that. I don't want to forget about that and just, well, I hope it'll be okay. You read the Old Testament. That doesn't happen by chance, but by faithful and regular observance of the spiritual disciplines of worship and prayer and study and meaningful traditions, all with the Word of God attached. Because it's through the Word of God that faith comes to be, that faith is strengthened. It's through the Word of God that the Holy Spirit works in us. And so I've got to be mindful of the long haul, but also be prepared for today. If he comes back today, 
that I wouldn't be negligent, that I wouldn't be distracted with the things of the world to such a degree that I could not be faithful to the things of God. Most theologians and most churches and most denominations and most traditions, they go in one direction or the other. It's all about the future and the legacy and the lineage and the long-term planning and long-term strategizing and long-term thinking, but then they miss the present. These are families that are thinking about their kids and grandkids, but they're not reaching their neighbors. These are denominations that have a strategic plan I call biological growth, but they're not concerned about converts or evangelism efforts to reach outside the family has ceased and church planting is stalled. Or we can get too consumed with the present. Short-sightedness, short-term thinking, short-term planning, sense of urgency, the end of the world is coming. No need to write anything down, no need to make any long-term plans, no need to think long-term and plant new churches and make curriculum and doctrine and theology and preparation. Because you know what? It's all going to end really, really fast. It's like shopping on Christmas Eve. There are just a few minutes. Hustle. Do the best you can. And people and denominations and churches and communities that live that way, they don't have a good legacy. They tend to have a short-sightedness. And they tend to get off track and they tend to waste sometimes their energy. Though they're well-meaning, they're not well-positioned. So how can you live in that tension? Planning for a long future of serving Jesus for generations, and passing on the faith, and being prepared for the coming of Jesus at any moment. It's a great question and one that I want you to think about. How will you live your life knowing that Jesus is coming, but you don't know when? Amen. Now let's pray. Father God, thank you for bringing us to faith and allowing us to live out our faith in this generation. We want to live in that tension of now and not yet. The Bible says to prepare for a thousand generations. That's a long time. Teach me what I can do that future generations, my family included, will know you and what you have done for them and love you. So we say, yes, Lord Jesus, help us to be faithful to that. Your word also says that Jesus could return at any moment, and that we need to always be prepared. So we want to be ready for that too. Help us not to put off important relationship strengthening and faith strengthening activities. Help us daily to confess our sins and receive your life-giving forgiveness. And help us give that to others. Oh God, we thank you that we're born at this time in history after the cross and empty tomb where we get to tell the world about Jesus. We get to do so with technology that allows us to do so in more rapid speed and great, greater numbers than ever. What a great opportunity that is. Help us to use that well. And dear God, we believe in the words of Jesus that he is going to return and that there will be a judgment 
that heaven and hell will be occupied, that the dead will rise and we'll all live somewhere forever, either in weeping or rejoicing, depending on what we've done with the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ. As we end this church year, fill us, we pray, with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, to proclaim salvation in Jesus' name, whenever and wherever we can. Bless our efforts as a church. Bless our efforts as individuals. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.